Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And I'm Megan Stahl. I am an intern here at Billboard. You don't sound like Trevor. I, yeah, I actually, um, my voice got a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, Trevor's gone and I'm taking his place for the week. Yeah, I guess we should say Trevor's not gone. He's, he should yeah, be back. He yeah, be back he's going to be back. He's not gone. Uh, under the weather uh, this week and, and the weather can't be helping because it's uh, no. it became springtime, but there's snow and it's freezing. So. It's unpredictable here. Yeah. So uh, get well, Trevor. Uh, Meg is uh, is filling in uh, this week. Uh, so your big break, Meg. Yeah, I've always been dreaming of this. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, yeah. I made it. Uh, we've actually talked before. Uh, you interning at Billboard, Meg. Your family has history on Billboard charts. Yeah, uh, so pretty amazing. Uh, distant relative, uh, my grandmother's first cousin actually was a big band singer in the 1940s. Her name was Helen O'Connell, and I was going through our library here at Billboard and actually spotted her name on the charts and uh, some articles that they wrote about her. Uh, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah, we, we record this podcast in the Billboard library, mm -hmm. so you're sort of adding to the next yeah. generation of family history. It's like I was meant to be here. Have you have you made a copy? Have you shown it to your family? I've taken some pictures. Uh, I'm going home back to Michigan next month, so I'm definitely excited to show my grandmother and uh, the rest of the family. All right. It was, it was meant to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of meant to be. With Trevor not here, I can make as many bad puns. Exactly. As I want. <laughs> I'm not going to make fun of you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we've got that really cool uh, guest coming up on the podcast this week, Hillsong Worship, a uh, huge in Christian music. And we I don't think we've ever really uh, talked about Christian music on the podcast, but uh, one of the biggest acts, and uh, we'll talk about the different iterations of Hillsong, but uh, Jim Asker in Nashville uh, recently chatted with uh, three members of the group. So uh, we're going to get into that. We'll uh, explain a little bit more some of uh, how, how they work, some of the different acts they uh, record with, but uh, that's coming up. Uh, but as always, uh, let's listen to this week's uh, Top 10 before uh, we get to that interview. This is the Billboard Hot 100's Top 10 this week. 10, 9, Just meet me in the 
on psycho Little mama bad like Michael Can't really Number trust five. nobody With all this jewelry on you My roof look like a no-show Got diamonds by the bolo Come with the Tony Romo For clowns and all the Number four It don't make no sense I hit trippin' and finesse You know it, you know it Fellas, grab your ladies If your lady finds Ooh, you in that dress Looking so beautiful I don't deserve it Darling, you And number one. I hold back sometimes I won't. Yeah. I feel good sometimes I don't. Hey, no. I finesse down Western Road. Hey, yes. Might go down to GOD. Yeah, number one for ninth week on the Billboard Hot 100, Drake and God's Plan. Still a huge week uh, for it streaming wise. It's actually its lowest streaming week uh, mm. of its nine weeks only only but uh, 68.5 million streams this week to, to get a sense of how big that still is that's nine of the 14 biggest weeks still belong to god's plan all time so even at its lowest still pretty high yeah this song has not uh gotten old for me yet i actually still watch the music video and like get emotional every time which is kind of embarrassing yeah after like the 10th time you would think like okay you know what's gonna happen uh, but I, I love it, and I think everybody else really does, too, and I think it's going to continue its momentum. Yeah. The video, it came out in mid-February, so mm -hmm. it's kind of given it a whole second life. Yeah. Halfway through its run, it's uh, still rising at radio, so uh, there's still an audience that the song yeah. is even two months in. It's still kind of new. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Yeah, it looks like uh, looks like uh, 10th week at number one, you would think, is pretty set on the Hot 100 for next week. And what was the record again uh, that he would have to break for the longest uh, amount of weeks to be number one? 16 weeks. 16 weeks. So uh, One Sweet Day and Despacito. So it's, it's more than halfway there now. Yeah. But it's still still almost two months away. So I believe in Drake. Yeah. You're calling it now? Yeah, I'm calling it now. Uh, well, we'll see where uh, Shawn Mendes, In My Blood, could make mm. a big jump next week. Uh, debuted in the Hot 100, number 72 this week. So we'll see if that makes a jump. Uh, don't have any numbers yet, but you'd think it'll it'll do something big. But uh, again, for the, the streams that uh, God's Plan has, that's pretty big uh, threshold for it to, to pass. Um, if you heard uh, number two right before that, finally, a, a new song at number two, uh, Ed Sheeran, Perfect, finally drops to number three. So B.B. Rexa and Florida Georgia Line move up to number two with Meant to Be. Uh, it's the biggest hit by a country duo or group for Florida Georgia Line uh, in eight years since Lady Antebellum, Need You Now, back in 2010. Oh, it's a I feel like there has been a big gap because I remember Lady Antebellum doing really well. I was a big fan of their music and we really haven't heard any country group. Yeah, we've had uh, Taylor Swift had some top tens when she was uh, still country. Uh, Florida Georgia Line, they got to number four on the Hot 100 with their debut hit in 2013, uh, Cruise. So this actually passes that, you know, their highest uh, charting hit with uh, with this song at number two. And uh, last year, Sam Hunt, Body Like a Back Road, got to number six. So there's been a few country hits here and there, but uh, in terms of country duos or groups, talking almost a decade. Yeah, the song is super catchy, too. I kind of find myself singing it throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of my roots back home in Michigan. I feel like a lot of people listen to country music. And then coming to New York, it's a little different. But I'm happy to see that country is uh, number two. You don't hear uh, country blaring through the streets here when you, when you walk through the streets of New York? Not often. Not often. Uh, the other uh, song in the top 10 that's uh, pretty notable because it debuts on the entire Hot 100 this week up at number 9, Lil Dicky featuring Chris Brown. Uh, we heard it back at number 9 with Freaky Friday. And if you just heard the clip of the song and, and you haven't seen the video, it probably won't make any sense as to what he's singing about. No, absolutely not. Um, I actually just watched the music video and... The whole time I was thinking, you know, this is genius, this is amazing, but if anybody started watching this a minute in, they would be lost. Right. Um, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And actually sounds really great, too. 
Like even if they are making fun of themselves or uh, having this like goofy music video, goofy words, I still was like, you know, I'm, I could dance to this. I could sing along. I think that's kind of the, the genius of the song. It, it just sort of sounds, if you're casually listening, like a catchy pop yeah. song. Yeah. And this is this is someone who I always told Trevor. I think it's pretty pretty known. If you listen to this podcast, I'm I'm not really the rap fan here <laughs> on the podcast. I was, I was I was seeing a folk show at a library on Sunday. Oh, how, how far I am from from rap generally, but I, I like the song. I think it's just really funny and and really clever lyrically. I like it too. Um, my favorite part of the music video was. Uh, the dance routine at the end, but then I realized afterwards that they ended up doing uh, more Freaky Friday uh, switches with other celebrities, and I think that actually was my favorite part. Yeah, uh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, Ed makes. Sheeran. Uh, the, the, I think the one of the funniest. The funniest line might be uh, DJ Khaled when he 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 says his name <laughs> like he always does, yeah. and then he says, "Why am I yelling?" Yeah. <laughs> but everyone's just just making fun of themselves. I love it. So, uh, so yeah, that's his first uh, top 10. He had one number 71 hit uh, before in 2015. So a huge uh, career high week for, for Lil Dicky. It's, it's actually the first top 10 comedy hit since 2006 when Weird Al Yankovic had uh, White and Nerdy. Remember his uh, wow, his yeah, yeah. Of, uh, chameleon air? I, I, I feel like a lot of my friends had that as like their ringtone maybe in middle school. Ooh, we're, we're back in 2006. Yeah, we're ringtones. back. <laughs> You know, the other thing you're, you're saying, Meg, how it's, uh, you know, it sounds like a hit. It was co-written and co-produced among uh, people writing and producing the song by Benny Blanco and DJ Mustard, who've had a ton of hits. So uh, it's kind of not surprising that there is sort of that hit factor about the song. It makes it a little less surprising that this goofy song uh, would become a top ten hit. Um, I actually did a Q&A with, with Lil Dicky uh, this week about how he feels, because you know, the whole point is he's being very self-deprecating in, in the song, in the video, the, that, that first uh, skit where, where uh, the guy comes up to him in the restaurant and says, he's not really a rapper, he's a comic rapper. He, he says, it, sort of a serious moment, he says he really feels validated to see a top 10 hit, because, yeah, he does jokey music, it's kind of not always taken that seriously to see it uh, have such a big week. Uh, he honestly means a lot to him. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he's still an artist, and I think um, all artists want to be respected, but he still knew how to be playful with this song, so it worked. Yeah, even in the song, among all the jokes, there's even, there's a couple serious points. I think one of the lines that that really stands out, if you're listening really carefully, is where, when Chris Brown is Lil Dicky, he says, uh, uh, nobody's judging me because I'm black. It's kind of a little societal uh, mm-hmm. dig in there of, of uh, just thought that was kind of observational in the middle of this of this comedic song yeah oh the other thing I asked him was uh, who else would you want to switch bodies with I was like he's gotta be what did he people. say uh, two two major uh, sports people mm. LeBron James and I always gotta get my Boston uh, sports in Tom Brady those are two great picks I feel like if I had to switch bodies with somebody it would be Jennifer Lawrence that's who I would be for the day. So, Jennifer, if you ever listen to this, just let me hang out with you or just switch bodies. You, you sort of switch places with, with Trevor this week. Yeah. So, sorry to disappoint you. So just <laughs> uh, and the other thing, too, that's interesting, it's uh, the song debuts mostly uh, from streaming and sales, but radio is actually playing this. There are some stations playing it. I asked one of the stations, and they, they said, yeah, there's uh, some, some lyrics that have to change. There's, a, there's sort of an entire verse. Uh, if you watch the video, that would not work on radio. That comes out. Some other stuff uh, got changed, but still still really fits in. It, it, the uh, program director who's playing it said it's kind of a nice, different kind of rap. There's so much, nothing against uh, other acts, but with a lot of the sort of the, the down-tempo rap, a lot of the Migos uh, sound he, he mentioned specifically, uh, which is just more hip-hop driven, this is just an old-school pop rap that's kind of fun once in a while. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's uh, this week's uh, top 10. Uh, let's get into this week's uh, special guests here on the Billboard Sharpie podcast. Again, this is, uh, how's this for a segue going from, from Freaky Friday uh, to this act? A little, little different worlds here. Uh, but uh, Hillsong Worship, it's uh, Jim Asker in Nashville, uh, recently chatted with 
Brooke, Dave, and Jad from Hillsong. Uh, this was recorded uh, just after uh, the Grammy Awards when they won Best Contemporary Christian Song Performance at the 2018 Grammys. So huge Grammy-winning act, uh, so huge in the Christian world. Haven't you know? If you're a pop fan, hasn't uh, had that kind of crossover to, to pop music. But uh, this act, I'm, I'm sure most people have heard of. Uh, it's tied in. So uh, Hillsong Worship. Uh, it's uh, part of Hillsong United. Hillsong Young and Free. Uh, they actually explained that Hillsong Worship is the uh, overarching act that's uh, been around for about a quarter of a century. And then uh, there's offshoots, Hillsong United, uh, more uh, next generation act, Hillsong Young and Free. So uh, they talk about that and how uh, so many people uh, go to their services each week, how big they are uh, worldwide. Uh, chart-wise, a huge success. Uh, Hillsong United's Oceans Where Feet May Fail is number one for 61 weeks on our Christian Songs chart over a year. So that's just uh, that's just crazy, a record. And uh, What a Beautiful Name by Hillsong Worship is second with 37 weeks at number one, uh, still in the top five this week. So uh, altogether, Hillsong has just been so huge uh, on our Christian charts and in the world of Christian music for so long that uh, Jim was really excited to uh, chat with them, sat down with them. Uh, new album is out uh, April 6th, by the way. There is more is what it's called. Uh, Brooke, uh, kind of interesting. She says how uh, she was a former mainstream uh, secular pop artist. Uh, she's from New Zealand, too. So she has a really cool accent. Cool. So uh, let's get into it. It's Jim Asker in Nashville with Brooke, Dave, and Jad from Hillsong Worship on the Billboard Chappie Podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, everybody. This is Jim Asker from Billboard, and I am really excited today because I've been wanting to do an interview with these guys for a long time, um, and I have the folks from Hillsong Worship with me in the room. So con congratulations on your Grammy, and welcome to Nashville, folks. Thank you. I have Thanks. Brooke, mm -hmm. Dave, and Jack, and, um, and I'm, I'm so pleased to have you. Um, you know, what, what was it like being at the Grammys and accept, accepting the award, Brooke? <clears throat> was it and have you been before I've never been to the Grammys before um, and it was it was such a cool night um, I what I love about music awards is um, the idea of you know I think music and sport are two things that unite you know humanity get behind those things and are united by those things and so um, a night that celebrates all kinds of music I think is super powerful and um, I really enjoyed the part of the parts of the all the parts of the ceremony but particularly um, you know just before our category came up there was you know Latin tropical ensembles and you know all all variety of um, you know genres and subgenres and I thought it was so cool to see people um, being recognised for their work who um, many of the mainstream might never have, many people who listen to mainstream music might ne never necessarily encounter that music, but there are people doing amazing things in their craft across music, so I think that's such a cool thing. I, I wish that, um, and, I, and I feel the same way about the Grammys with a lot of different genres, but it would be really awesome if, if we could get a Christian performance on, on the Grammy Awards. Yeah. One of these years. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. You know, because, 
even in country music, you know, we have the Country Music Awards and the Academy of Country Music Awards and the Dove Awards for Christian. And it would just be nice for people who would never get to a Christian show to be to experience the music. Yeah, exactly. You know, so could we just do a, a quick rundown with each one of you and just um, introduce yourself and your role with Hillsong really quick? Can we start with you? Yeah, my name's Chad Gillies, and um, I'm... I kind of, I'm a worship leader at Hillsong Church, and I live in Sydney. I also work for the church as a worship pastor and um, and help develop a lot of worship leaders and things like that. I also travel with Hillsong United. That's awesome. And and what is that? What what is the snapshot job description of creative pastor mean? Really quick. Um, well, basically, um, I oversee kind of what happens on the platform from a worship perspective in Australia, and and really help develop. Uh, you know because. In Australia, we have 29, 30, 30 different locations. So that's 30 different teams every Sunday. So we're trying to develop and, wow. and grow a big worship team, trying to kind of equip them with what they need to serve the church. So, Do you travel all over the world? Yeah. <laughs> how, how many countries is Hillsong in? Oh. I can't tell you. It kind of tends to change week to yeah. week. It yeah. feels like we're adding camps. We need one in Nashville, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have a lot of churches here. That's the first thing yeah. I noticed when I moved here. There are um, a lot of churches. There are, <laughs> a, mm-hmm. But there's no Hillsong Church. But there's one in New York City, which is yeah. really one of the... How big is the flagship church in Sydney? I think we get... Um, I mean, it's quite... It's probably the biggest one. We get close to about 40,000 people on a weekend in Sydney. That's amazing. Yeah. And the pastor, the main pastor, um, is... Brian, Brian, Brian Houston, Houston. Brian and Bobby Houston. And Joel is the son of... of That's those right. Guys. Joel lives in New York, yeah. And lives in New York. Okay, next, Dave. Yes. Uh, my name is David Ware, and uh, one of the worship pastors at Hillsong Church as well. Uh-huh. Um, also travel and get to be a part of our conferences, albums, tours, and I've just started doing a bit of arts chaplaincy as well, which is kind of cool. Oh, and what is that exactly? Uh, just like a chaplain to the arts entertainment industry in, in Australia and New Zealand, especially, yeah. Wow, with all different genres? And- yeah, we're trying. We're, we're trying to not let it snowball, but yeah, we basically just want to create like a support network for people that do what we do, but kind of outside the four walls of the church. Um, and it's kind of something I'm passionate about, which is awesome. So nice to talk to you this morning. Yeah. And Brooke. And Brooke. I'm just me. I don't know. Who am I? Um, <laughs> I am um, one of our worship leaders at Hillsong Church, and I um, head up Hillsong Worship now, and I've been part of our church for 14 years. And, and the last time we chatted, um, mm-hmm. I did an interview for uh, Billboard.com with Brooke mm-hmm. last year, um, and what a beautiful name is still number one, by the way. We'll talk about that <laughs> in a second, because that's when I was speaking to you. But your your story about coming to Hillsong was really interesting. Can you just do a really quick snapshot of that? Yeah. How you came about to Hillsong in the first place? Yeah, I mean, um, so I was a mainstream artist with Sony Music for 14 years and made five records there. And um, my first record had come out in New Zealand and we were about to release it in Australia. So I came to Australia to do a showcase for the label. And um, one of the guys in my band had friends at Hillsong Church who were having a barbecue that night. So literally I went to a barbecue (laughs) out in the Hills District of Sydney and met a bunch of people who went on to become my best friends in the world. And one of them I married. Uh, And um, then... I met these people and I went to the church and I realized that I had I, don't know, I had found like my people. Um, I didn't realize that I didn't have them, but then I found them and they were them. And so <laughs> <laughs> I'm so articulate, I know. Um, but anyway, and so within basically six weeks of of that barbecue, I had decided to move from New Zealand and put my stuff in a shipping container. And um, six weeks later, I was living in Sydney and had become part of the church. Yeah. And. 50 million people a week sing these songs in church, is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're told. We're not sure how people get those How do we get numbers, those numbers, by the way? But, um, I personally went it. around the world and counted. <laughs> yeah. So she it's only 34 she, years she and here I those little thumb count of things. <laughs> she was like, yeah, she yeah, did a poll on Instagram. Click, click, click. <laughs> well, I lip sync, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> Can we... Um, you know, we were talking about this. I was talking about this with my cohorts at Billboard yesterday, how excited I was about talking to you guys. And they were all asking, like, what is the difference between United and Worship and Young and Free? So can 
Brooke, can you give us just a quick Hillsong for Dummies? Um, <laughs> Just a quick, a quick descriptor <laughs> yeah. of each each one. Yeah, absolutely. So Hillsong Worship is, um, is I guess, the expression that's been making music for, I think, 25 albums now is Hillsong um, for, you know, tw- past 25, 26 years. Um, and that has just been our worship team. So the, the, the strength of our church and our worship team writing these songs, making this music. Now, um, at the same time, um, out of our youth ministry, 15, 16, 17, almost 20 years ago, 20 maybe years about ago. 20 years ago, um, we had youth, our youth night, so our youth groups were on Friday night, and once a month or so, we would get together, and it would those would be called United Nights, so Hillsong United, that would be when all the youth got together, and so out of the youth ministry of our church, and those United Nights came Hillsong United, um, and then obviously, then all the Hillsong United guys like Jad got pretty old, so, um, we, <laughs> so we needed to, um, so you know, so the... So the kind of the the newer expression of our the youth of our church is Hillsong Young and Free. Very good, and those are all because the members from United and Worship will mix sometimes, right? Yeah. So Hillsong Worship is when pretty much all of us are together. So Hillsong people in Hillsong United and Hillsong Young and Free who represent those expressions are also yeah. part of Hillsong Worship. Hillsong Worship is all of us. Yeah. Do all three of you participate in United and Hillsong Worship? I mean, there have been times where... Over the years, yeah, over have, the years yeah. it's kind of mm. chopped and changed, but I'd say my involvement is mostly Hillsong Worship now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And and there's a new album coming out. Yeah. Yes, That's right. there is. Yes, there is. Can we talk about that for a sec? Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called, it's called There Is More, which um, I think is... It's, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a cool title, not just because, um, you know, there's... There's uh, there's no song called There Is More, so so <laughs> yeah. like it's it's there's it's, not a song called There's not there's a song more. called There Is More, but there is um, kind of this this thread going through our church at the moment, especially spearheaded by our senior pastor Brian Houston, who also has a book called There Is More coming out, and we it's it's kind of like um, this really cool kind of synergy of of um, what God's doing in our church and yeah. and and kind of what he's. What I, I believe, and I think what our senior pastor believes, God wants people to know about kind of what God wants for their lives, and um, and yeah. so, our, I mean, maybe Brooke, do you want to talk a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think it's a you know, they're three simple words, and it's a very simple phrase, but I think it's a prophetic statement. You know, Absolutely. there's more, there is more for the church. You know, I think as Christians, sometimes we can get really familiar with, you know, when we've been when we've known the Lord for ourselves for a while, we start to try and predict what he'll do or who he is or how he moves in our lives mm. or what he's doing in the church. But I think this is a, a really simple but powerful statement that God isn't done yet. Yeah. He's not done in the church. He's not done with what he wants to do in worship. He's not done with what he wants to do in the lives of every single individual who would call upon him. There is more. And so it's simple, but I think it's really powerful. And um, I'm really excited to see um, where these songs go, not in terms of their reach or their spread, but hopefully... Um, the depth of their impact even in an individual life um, and what what individuals and churches might be able to take from this statement and the songs that we've rallied around that statement in this record. That's awesome. Where did you record the record? We actually got to record it... Um, Sorry, I'm blabbing on so much. It was much recorded music. live. <laughs> it was right. recorded live, yeah. We usually record our Hillsong Worship albums at Hillsong Conference, which is in July in Australia in a really big arena in Sydney. Uh, but for the first time this year, um, well, for the first time in many years at least, we went back to our actual church auditorium, Hillsong Church, and we recorded it at our Worship and Creative Conference, which is the first time we've had that conference. Mm -hmm. So this is a bit of a unique um, dynamic for this record because um, it wasn't recorded in a huge arena. It was recorded in our own church um, with our own congregation, and then other people would come to be part of this Worship and Creative Conference. So it's almost... um, a little more there's still the sound that you would expect from a Hillsong worship record but there's kind of an an intimacy and almost a potency of knowing that um this is this is our church this is our congregation that have been singing these songs we've been you know serving up to them for for years and decades so it's um there's a, a different dynamic it here. kind of feels like a home game you know like yeah. you, you know right. you know when you college basketball or whatever you have that home court advantage that's what it actually felt like at home in our church with our people recording together it really felt like there was that kind of home court advantage and the people that are there in in the church do they know that there's going to be an album made that night yeah they do 
Yeah, I mean, uh, primarily, like, we're a church, and mm-hmm. our services are worship services, not necessarily album recordings. And so we try not to make it the whole emphasis of the night. We do let people know that we're pressing record, but we definitely just want to capture yeah. God's people worshipping. And so people do know, but we don't really make a big... It's not like a... Yeah, and we try not to m- make too much of a big deal of it, or you get like a thousand people yelling stuff out during... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hi, Mom! <laughs> There's always that one guy who like, wants to yell stuff out. Yeah. Oh, great. Are you always writing, Brooke? Look, I wish that I could say that I do, but, um, but you know, I'm, I'm here doing lovely things like this with you which is wonderful you know and I have two young children well, as well I thought we were going to co-write something after. well yeah our, our, Nashville's our, a our Christmas town, album so. right our Christmas country album Jim <laughs> I've been preparing I hope you have um, I have the opening words if it's a country song <laughs> hey yeah. girl oh I love it I love it there's something about the moon and whiskey I believe is what comes next yeah. um but um yeah I mean I God's really kind to me because I wish that I had time to write every day. Um, that isn't the reality of things, but um, but I suppose in some ways I'm always writing because um, as a songwriter you're always the phrase capturing content comes to mind, which is a obviously kind of can be a, applicable to modern technology. But capturing content in terms of um, absorbing the world around me, absorbing what's happening, kind of trying to um, trying to discern. Um, what the Lord is doing, and then what, how, how that might be interpreted in song, basically. And so you're always kind of, um, I think, absorbing and kind of ferreting away little bits of um, inspiration or challenge or things that you think might need to be said in a different way in a song in the future. Yeah. And, and do you write solo and as a, a collaborator? Do you write some by yourself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I was at your show, um, was it last spring at Bridgestone with Lauren Daigle? Uh, that was, was about that a year United ago or show? so. United Night? Yeah, that was a United, was a that was United, United show. Yeah. And, and that was the first time I had been to a Hillsong concert. Mm. Um, and, you know, I've been to many, many concerts. I was in radio for a long time before I joined Billboard. Um, and I just... And I was always a country, uh, Christian music fan, even when I was programming like a country station or a rock station. Mm-hmm. I was all, always a Christian music fan. And I was just really taken by, there's a whole different place it takes you to um, in a concert situation that's personal um, in, in whatever you're going through in your life um, as you guys are performing. And I just wanted to ask each of you what your hope is as somebody walks away from a Hillsong worship concert. Mm. Let's start with you first, Dave. Yeah, I mean, um, without sounding too cliche, you just would hope people that uh, are coming would have an encounter with God. Mm. I think um, I've heard it said, you know, worship is like the national anthem of the soul. You know, you go to a different country and um, you could be a foreigner but you hear someone singing a song from your country or you hear your national anthem, something in you just kind of lights up. And I feel like if people come to one of our worship nights and they can just resonate with it just a little bit, even if they're not a believer, I think um, then we're kind of, the purpose has kind of been fulfilled. Nice. Jack? um, You know, when we we hold a night like the night you went to at Bridgestone, um, I'm hoping that people... I'm hoping two things because what I find is that people um, believe in the message of Christ and they believe in the truth of the Bible, but they but they people are happy to believe um, the you know the blessings of God for somebody else, but it's really difficult for them to believe it for themselves um, for various reasons. So so my kind of things would be that they would they would leave a, um, you know a Hillsong event or a, you know a United event or whatever um, just knowing that. That kind of the blessings, the the promises, and 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 that salvation was actually theirs. It was theirs. It's not somebody else's, and it wasn't something that happened to someone else. It happened to them. But also, I also pray that someone that what happens in that room wouldn't just be songs. 
that it would actually be transformational so that when they leave that arena or when they leave that auditorium, that wherever they go to, their university or their workplace, would actually be a little bit different because of it. Mm. Because, to be honest, if we're just singing, if we're out there singing songs and selling tickets, man, I'd rather just be with my kids. Mm. That's right. But, but to be honest, we, I believe in this message. I believe in the cause of Christ. I believe mm. in, the, in the truth of his gospel and the salvation power. And so that's why we do it. That's why... We're singing songs. That's why we're we're sing, we we write songs that would draw somebody closer to the Savior. So that's my prayer every time we get and do something like that. It's really beautiful, Brooke. I mean, that's a bit of a mic drop right there. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know if I, can, I don't know if I can follow that. I'm just going to take his microphone and throw it across the room. That was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we hope. I hope that people get their minds blown, not by us or by how clever or non-clever our songs are, but I hope that people glimpse what they are a part of, which is the people of God and the kingdom of God. I think when you are um, walking on your own personal journey, um, sometimes if, if that's not taking place in community for whatever reason, your problems can seem really big and um, and God can start to feel really small. Really, I feel like that's the power of the church is when you are in community and you're experiencing the presence of God. With a room full of people and a community of people, you realize that this, that the story that God is writing in your life is a story He's also writing in the lives of the people around you, and a story that He's been writing in the people of God for centuries and millennia, actually. And you get this eternal perspective that, wow, I'm part of something so much greater than myself and so much greater than my problems. And I have a, I have a mission on this earth, and it's to outwork the plan of God for all humanity, but he wants to use me to do that. And so my prayer is that people get a glimpse of eternity in these nights and so decide to give their lives to that because that's the reason that you can get out of bed in the morning and keep going when everything else is turned to rubbish when you when you know that you are born for such a time as this when you know that there's a reason for you to get out of bed in the morning and that there are other people's lives and nations on the other side of you realizing who you are in Christ and what he has for you to do that's a powerful thing and that's why we do it yeah You know, I got to tell you, you know, America's a crazy little place right now. <laughs> um, and uh, just from a personal perspective, I, I listen to music all day um, in, in in the genres that I cover for Billboard. And and when I stop and listen to one of your songs, it just hits you. We're all moving so fast and mm-hmm. thinking about a million different things and our deadlines. And then when you hear What a Beautiful Name or you know, any one of your songs, it just stops you in your tracks, kind of. It makes you just take a breath for a minute. Mm. And and I think that's what it does for people. Mm. It just, um, it means more. It goes deeper than mm. normal pop music, mainstream pop music, I think, mm. um, if I express that. And pop culture, too. Uh, I think that, I think what who we represent and, and the message of, obviously, the message of Christ, I think it transcends all of what you're saying. You know, pop music, pop culture, um, you know, it, it, political kind of persuasion. It, it, it is, and I, I think there's a truth to it. And I think that's, for me, that's what kind of um, gives me that feeling that you were just describing. Like, it, it gives me that little hang on a second, this is for everybody. Yeah. And across across everything that's happening in this world, whether you're <laughs> whether you're liberal or whether you're yeah. whether you're conservative, it doesn't matter because the the actual the truth that that love that God is love. And and, and and that is accessible to everybody. I think that's just something that you can't get past. It's just something that, that goes across everything. Yeah. That that's really great. And and you know, uh, this might be going a little bit too deep, but uh, when I when I interviewed really? Hillary Hillary Scott from Lady Antebellum, and she did that beautiful Christian record, um, I was telling her that sometimes you're going so fast that it's hard to pray. Um, and I, I told her when I listened to Thy Will, you know, it it 
actually helps you pray. Mm-hmm. It gets you to a place where you can get all the other stuff out of your brain, and 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 your music does that for people. Um, and and I don't do, do you carry that with you? Like what you know you have? Does is that a burden sometimes for you guys? I think I don't, you know. Jesus said, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." So there is a burden, but when you um, but when you carry it with the help of the Holy Spirit, it's it's not so heavy that it'll crush you. If you try and carry it on its own, that's when it will crush you, and that's when um, that's when people get kind of messed up, you know, because because mm-hmm. um, in worship we're dealing with glory which only belongs to God and where it gets twisted and where people get crushed and destroyed and contorted in their own souls is where you try and carry any of the glory. You're not, you're not like not even take the glory for yourself, but sometimes I think innocently you receive just it. start to, yeah, you just start to re- receive it or carry it. But actually the only way to survive this for your soul is to make sure you you give it, you give it, you give it. So, I mean, I didn't think I would ever share this, but, you know, on Sunday night we had that amazing night at the Grammys, but I made sure the last thing I did before I went to sleep, my husband was asleep in the in the bed beside me, but I got out of bed and I got on my knees and I said, God, this is yours. You have to have all the glory because if I try to, um, you know, even innocently hold on to any of it on my own, it will ruin me, it will destroy me because it's not what my soul was made for. My soul was made to worship and to give all of the glory to God. So, so that's how we have to carry it. Mm-hmm. So good, bro. That's so great. The do pop stars come up to you sometimes and say thank? I because I think a lot of them probably listen to Christian music. Do do you do you get to meet up with people you never thought would be fans of your music that are sometimes? <laughs> yeah, and weirdly so. You know, uh, <laughs> give us one. <laughs> you, you'll have encounters, you know, like at our at our Hillsong conference. In Sydney, a bunch of people, different people come, and some of them come publicly, and some kind of come <coughs> under the radar. But then, when if you meet them, um, because sometimes in my, I'm not going to drop names, but you, you meet them, and it's like they treat you like they know you because they've been listening to your music. But I'm like treating them like I know them because I've been listening to their music. You know, so it's the weirdest. Thing. <laughs> yeah. If you had a chance to collaborate with a pop artist, who would you choose? Have you ever thought about that? Well, or, or a rock artist, or a country artist? I don't think I've ever actually thought about that. Well, Chris Stapleton is standing outside, so he's. Oh, you know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's but, ready. Um, Look, that's a good suggestion. I'll run with that. It's a great artist. <laughs> great suggestion. I have a not so secret crush on Bono. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I'm not even trying to be cool. Like he's Bono was, cool. Have you met him? I haven't met him. Mm-mm. When they started out, was it people say they were a Christian act when they started? When you is that true or I have no idea. Let's ask Bono. Let's call him. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you know Bono has that. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that amazing interview that he did with Eugene Peterson, who translated the message. He did an, an Eugene and Peterson and Bono sat mm-hmm. down and did this talk about the Psalms, and it's like only a few minutes, but it's incredible. I highly recommend it if oh, you haven't I'll seen check it. it out. Eugene Peterson and, and Bono, but. You know, Bono, I think you can hear in his music that he's always had this uh, this wrestle with God, you know. Um, and um, and there are times when you can sense in his music that he's been in a in a lighter place and there, there are times when he's been in a dark place. And that's actually the reality of everybody's yeah. walk with God. Um, and so I think that that, um, that you can he- you can feel whether you're a believer or not, you can feel the the beautiful kind of sacredness of that journey that he's been on. I can't, I, I don't know, I'm from a bar of soap, I couldn't tell you um, where he's at, but I can tell you that, you know, he's certainly, you know, inspired me as somebody who has written art that is true to his soul. Um, yeah. I love that there's artists that outside of genres, you know, there's there's mainstream artists that are followers of Christ. And I think that's cool because you don't necessarily have to be a Christian artist or a secular artist or a whatever. You're you're an artist and you're doing what your best at what you can do, and you're you're bringing your best kind of art. You're bringing your best kind of contribution, and you're a follower of Christ. Right. If you get what I'm saying, I, I really love yeah, that. Because, I totally get it, and I feel like maybe because I can mention artists that I grew up listening to that I know there's a spiritual connection yeah. to, even and, though they're not Christian artists. Yeah. Even you um, too, for for you know, um, as an example, we were talking about before. Perhaps they were a Christian man, but perhaps they weren't. Perhaps they were just a band. 
who loved God, if you know what I mean. Uh, so uh, and, you know, and uh, what I love about your music is that you know I grew up on rock and roll and um, had three thousand albums by the time I was a senior in high school wow. and. Um, had been to like over a hundred Springsteen shows before 1990, uh, and um, coming awesome. to your music, what I love about it is sonically, it's it's Christian music sonically, but it, there's also definitely a rock sound to the production that kind of brings you in if you're if you're just listening, you come from another place, um, like your drummer. I don't who's the drummer because uh, oh we have a few the drummer <laughs> the drumming is always phenomenal on Hillsong music. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love that. So this tour starts in April. It would do how many? Do you know how many dates? Thirteen dates. Thirteen dates. And will, will that be the first time that you're going out with the pastors of Hillsong? No. And how's that work? Will you come out first? Will they come out first? Um, so or haven't you set that up yet? It'll probably, <laughs> it'll probably kind of be a bit like a a big church service. Really, I mean, I think that's what we want to do. Be all on stage together, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we would come out and play like a worship, you know, a worship set. And then our pastor Brian will come out. He has a book coming out called There Is More as well, right. which is perfect. And so he's he'll come in and, you know, give us a, a talk. It depends on which part of the country you're in. Is how he, you'll preach, he'll preach a sermon or he'll give a talk, yeah. all of those things, give a message. And then we'll I get I hope you're coming to Nashville. Well, if not, I should know these things. There's another leg in the dates. fall. There's the another, second leg um, in September. Yeah. yeah, another leg in the fall. Another run in the be fall. another fourteen dates. Because you guys don't come yeah. here enough. I know there's a lot of places to see, really but have you done the Ryman yet? Have you played the Ryman Auditorium? You know, it have. Um, you know, because it was a church, and it has one of the best acoustic sounds in, in the world. It was in, so. It was an incredible experience. Uh, just one little thing because the benches are all you know former yeah, pews. Yeah, it's, it's all wood and 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 you can kind of feel like there's some history in there. And um, we were just young punks. It was years ago. It was like ten years ago. We got to play. Yeah, it's great. And uh, but the coolest thing for us was we finished that night and we were going out the back doors. And um, Stephen Curtis Chapman was kind of outside the in the back area with, and he kind of was like, hey. Um, you know, thanks, because my son really loves your music. And we'd all been listening, grew up listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman. I'm only, like, 25. Mm-hmm. I haven't been doing it for very long. So we were like, <laughs> how crazy that Stephen Curtis Chapman, one of the one of just the, the awesome. guys that we all look to, would act, would act not only be there, but, you know, kind right. of thank us. So that That's was awesome. Incredible. And I know we're running low on time here, so um, I just want to end quickly by what, what else is on the docket for 2018 that you could tell us? 2018 is, is... It seems like you guys are always on the go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think just, the question yeah. is, when are we not doing something? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It gets a With, you know, even apart from the travel, our church calendar alone is Bright busting right. at the seams. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we have our women's conference color, which starts in March and goes all around the world. So I'll be traveling with a bunch of that, as well as jumping on Pastor O'Brien's um, tour for a little bit. That There is more tour in April. Um, and so that's April, May. Then July, we have our Hillsong conference. And that also goes around the world. Then there'll be uh, the second run in October, um, and then the second tour, tour run here, that is, there, there is more tour, and then that will lead us right into our new album recording. So in between then, we've got to write an album and mm, do wow. production and all that stuff as well. Do you have any time for, do you guys have families and stuff, so do you get, yeah. do you, it must be, I know we're running low on time, but it must be impossible to juggle all of that. It, it gets pretty tough. Yeah, we we um, we had to drastically change our tour schedule for you, for Hillsong United last year just because of the toll it was taking on families and I think we made some good decisions with regards to what we were all carrying and and how much we were away and so we had to make some adjustments and um, but we've just come off in Australia we've just come off our summer holidays so um, so we're ready so we're ready ready to rock we're ready to roll yeah yeah well thank you so much for coming in I know you, you know Jim. to fit us in and um, I really appreciate your time this thank morning you. we've been talking with Jad Gillies thank you Jad thank you Dave Ware thank and you. Brooke Liggertwood um, thank you so much congratulations you. again on the Grammy Award thank well you. deserved thanks thank so much Jim and good luck in 2018 thank, thank you. you bless you I can see Star, a signal fire 
Hillsong Worship on the Billboard Charpy Podcast. Great hearing uh, from them. Uh, again, Jim Asker in Nashville recently uh, sitting down with Brooke, Dave, and Jad uh, from Hillsong. Uh, so much success. Congratulations, obviously, on their Grammy Awards, uh, number ones uh, on the charts. So, uh, yeah, if you didn't know a lot about Christian music, it's this whole other world that maybe pop fans aren't always aware of, but you could hear in the interview just how big worldwide that follow is. Definitely. I'm going to check out their music after listening to this interview. All right. Uh, that is this week's uh, Billboard Charpy podcast. Trevor, we, we, we think we'll be back next week, although, I don't know, you, you did a good job, Mac. Thanks. Maybe some competition, Trevor? Uh, so uh, next week, actually, we're going to be uh, having an extra podcast tomorrow. Uh, Mary Chapin Carpenter, who's had uh, so many country hits over the years, Grammy Award winning. Uh, I've wanted to interview her uh, for so long. So I'm going to slip in uh, in a week where Trevor's not around. I'm going to slip in another uh, solo uh, podcast with Mary Chapin Carpenter posting tomorrow. And the day her new album comes out, by the way, uh, Sometimes Just the Sky. So we'll talk about that and her career. Uh, be back next week with, uh, we think, Trevor. Maybe, Meg. We'll see. We'll see. New uh, regular format podcast then. Um, Meg, you're following how uh, the movie, uh, speaking of Christian music, it it just sort of is tied into the mainstream this week. The uh, Mercy Me movie, I can only imagine. It's doing really well. Yeah. Actually, uh, some friends and family told me that they recently went to go see it, and they really loved it. And, um, you know, I'm a a film person. Uh, That's my background. So I am always wanting to check out new movies. So I think I'm, I'm going to see that one next. So uh, a little, little different than, than Black Panther. Just kind of funny. Uh, it's different, different. Yeah, stuff, huh? it's not a Black Panther movie, but uh, I'm sure both of them are great. And I'm excited to see both of them. All right. We'll close with a song that actually it, really interesting. It took uh, almost 20 years for the song to get to number one. It was, uh, it was a Christian radio hit be- before we had a chart uh, that covered that back in the late 90s. Uh, it was then an adult contemporary hit uh, in, in the early 2000s. But this week, for the first time, it's number one on our Hot Christian Songs chart uh, after all these years. So it's what happens when the movie comes out. Uh, we'll close with Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine on the Billboard Chappie Podcast. I can only imagine day comes and I find myself standing in the sun I can only imagine when all I would do is forever forever worship you I can only imagine even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.